The scripture passage for today comes from the Gospel of Luke, the 17th chapter, verses 11 through 19. Hear the word of God. On the way to Jerusalem, Jesus was going through the region between Samaria and Galilee. As he entered a village, ten lepers approached him. Keeping their distance, they called out, saying, Jesus, Master, have mercy on us. When Jesus saw them, he said to them, go and show yourselves to the priests. And as they went, they were made clean. Then one of them, when he saw that he was healed, turned back, praising God with a loud voice. He prostrated himself at Jesus' feet and thanked him. And he was a Samaritan. Then Jesus asked, were not ten made clean? But the other nine, where are they? Was none of them found to return and give thanks to God except this foreigner? Then he said to him, get up and go on your way. Your faith has made you well. This is the word of the Lord. Let us pray. Open our hearts and minds, O God, to the word just read and the words to come that they might point to you, the word made flesh, Jesus the Christ. It's in his name that we pray, amen. Mr. Rogers often reminded his audiences that we each have people who have loved us into becoming who we are today. Those who have helped you love the good that grows within you. He would invite them to take a moment, 10 seconds to be exact, to think of those people who loved them into becoming. These special people could be near, far, or even in heaven. And I thought it would be fun if we tried that today. So I would like to invite you to close your eyes and take just 10 seconds to think of those people who loved you well, who loved you into becoming. Ready, set, go. Can you imagine how grateful those loved ones would feel that we took time to think of them? Mr. Rogers would then remind everyone that we have an important choice to make. Our actions have an impact and can be used to encourage people to do one of two things, to demean life or to cherish it. Gratitude matters. It matters. For as long as I can remember, my parents taught me and I taught my kids to say please and thank you, and I bet you had the same experience. In fact, every language in the world has a way of saying thank you. Danke, gracias, and in honor of my friend Mingi, Kalome. Nice, all right. Merci, and even in sign language, Thank you. And this is because gratitude is an inherent quality that resides within each human being, and it's triggered and expressed spontaneously in a variety of contexts. Gratitude crosses all boundaries, creed, age, vocation, gender, and nation, and it is emphasized in all the major religions of the world. Gratitude is as natural to us as the air we breathe. And yet, only one 
of the 10 lepers came back to say thanks. Now, I'd like you to imagine that you have just fallen off the side of a cruise ship. Fortunately, someone on board has seen that you have fallen overboard, and though you cannot swim and you're starting to, to drown, they throw you a life preserver just in front of you. You get your arm just on it in time before you lose consciousness. They reel you into the boat. They get you up on deck. You cough out all of the water that's in your lungs. They're gathering around rejoicing because you're alive, and they're leaning in to hear what you're going to say. You finally catch your breath. You open your mouth, and you say, did you see the way I grabbed onto that life preserver? How tightly I held on? Did you see my muscles kind of bulging there? I was all over that thing. Needless to say, it would be a bewildering response to draw attention to the way you cooperated with the rescue denigrates the whole point of what happened, which is that you were saved. A much more likely chain of events is that you would immediately seek out that person who threw the life preserver, and you would thank them, and not just superficially either. You would embrace them. You would ask their name. You would take them out to dinner. You might even give them your cabin if you had a better one than they did. Gratitude is a natural response to salvation. It does not require coercion or encouragement. It just flows organically and abundantly from the heart. And yet, only one of the 10 lepers came back to give thanks. 10% makes for a good tithe or a good return on your money, but it seems like a paltry response for something so good to have happened. And something very good did happen to those lepers. According to the law, any person with a leprous disease was required to live outside the camp and to cry out, unclean, unclean, if anyone was to approach them. They were ostracized, isolated, and excluded from family and community life. If a leper were fortunate enough to recover, a priest then had to certify that the person was clean before he or she could return to the community. So where is the gratitude from those nine lepers? What happened to them? Maybe a better question is, what happens to us? Can you think of times when you have received something good but didn't respond with gratitude. Times when your heart felt maybe a little stingy and tight. It seems like we all can get lost along the way. And maybe it happens in such small increments of self-sufficiency, achievement, and lack of margin that we don't even notice how far we have strayed, how far we have strayed from seeing and responding to all the good in our lives that does not come from our doing. It's like that little old lady who sold pretzels on the street corner for 50 cents each. Every day, a young lawyer would exit his office building at lunch, and as he passed by the pretzel stand, he'd leave two quarters, but he'd never take a pretzel. This went on for nearly five years, even though they never spoke. Every day, he would leave 50 cents, They'd make eye contact, she'd nod her gratitude, 
and he would walk away without a pretzel. Finally, one day, as the lawyer passed her stand and laid down his two quarters, the pretzel woman spoke to him. She said, sir, I appreciate your business so much. You are my very best customer, and I just have to tell you something. He smiled, and he leaned in, and she said, the price of pretzels is now 75 cents. <laughs> Gratitude matters. It matters because unexpressed thanks is an insidious way to hurt someone. When we hold on to gratitude without giving it away, it's like holding on to a beautifully wrapped gift, letting it sit in the corner and collect dust while the intended recipient wonders if we've forgotten their birthday. Failing to express gratitude sooner or later not only alienates us from each other, but it can harden us and it can foster an undue sense of entitlement. After a time, we don't even bother to say thank you to various workers in our lives because we feel we deserve the services that they are providing us. This reminds me of the book, The Remains of the Day, which was made into a movie in 1993. In the film, Anthony Hopkins plays a butler to a wealthy family. While preparing for this role, Mr. Hopkins interviewed a real-life butler who told Hopkins that his goal in life is to be completely and totally obsequious, a skilled ability to blend into the woodwork of any room like a lamp or a side table. The role of an excellent butler was summed up in this way. The room seems emptier when he is in it. The goal is to do your work, to fill the wine glasses, to clear the plates and the silverware without being noticed, much less thanked. But that's just the problem with routine ingratitude. It makes people disappear. Gratitude matters. It matters. It turns out gratitude is good for you. Studies have shown that a sense of gratitude improves one's quality of sleep and overall physical health from lowering blood pressure to enhanced immune function. It builds resistance for times when we would have, sorry, it builds resistance for times when depression and anxiety strike. Gratitude increases well-being personally and relationally, along with acts of helpfulness and generosity. And if you're like me, just that list of benefits alone along with not wanting to hurt others, is enough to convince me that I want to be like the grateful leper. And then I read this line from a commentary. Gratitude may be the purest measure of one's character and spiritual condition. This tells me that gratitude is an inside job. It's not a command or a law. It's an invitation, an invitation to respond to the grace of God and the goodness of others. Could it be that this little scripture passage holds the secret to a good life and the heart of our faith? Jesus healed 10 lepers. One turns back to praise God and thank Jesus. Jesus wonders aloud where the other nine are who were also healed. And it makes me wonder what Jesus might be feeling when he sees only one guy expressing his gratitude. 
Is Jesus frustrated, angry, hurt, disappointed? I suppose I'm projecting my feelings onto Jesus. I know I have to guard my heart and my tongue a little when I see ungrateful people. I can quickly slip into an ugly attitude of judgment. And when I do, it usually doesn't take long for me to get knocked right off of my high horse, which is a good reminder for me to take care of my own business, my own gratitude or lack thereof. But we don't really know how Jesus is feeling. What we do know is that he gets over it pretty quickly, shifts his attention to the one who is right in front of him, and then offers him this blessing. Get up and go on your way. Your faith has made you well which is a curious thing for Jesus to say, since Luke was very clear that all 10 lepers had already been healed. As it turns out, it comes down to how you translate a single Greek word. That word, sadzo, can indeed be translated as saved in the sense of being brought through mortal danger, or it can, be, it can also mean, be translated to mean saved as in the sense of being healed, and it can be translated as being made whole in the sense of being completed and made to be what you were meant to be all along. So 10 were indeed made clean, but only one was saved. 10 were made clean, but only one was made whole. 10 were made clean, but only one recognized it and gave thanks. And in giving thanks became what God had intended all along. Don't miss this. The man's faith was demonstrated by his gratitude. It matters. Now, what does one do about gratitude when she has just lost a home or her church in the hurricane, or for some of us here today who may be grieving the loss of a family member, or may be reeling from some unexpected diagnosis, or may be a full-time caregiver, or even battling cancer, how does gratitude fit into our very real, very broken lives? I don't have an easy answer, but I did just order myself a book called Two Hands by Lynn Babb. Lynn wrote that one of her major insights is that the very nature of the Christian gospel involves both grief and gratitude, often at the same time. We grieve the brokenness and pain in our world that made it necessary for Jesus to come to earth, and we rejoice and give thanks that he did. We juxtapose this grief and gratitude every time we celebrate Holy Communion. We hold grief in one hand and gratitude in the other simultaneously. We are living in the tension of the kingdom of God that is here and not quite here. A man named John who eventually lost his wife and the mother of his four children to Lou Gehrig's disease once recalled a profound moment with God while he was still caring for his wife. As her body spiraled downward, 
He had collapsed on his bed, overcome with loss. He felt a strong invitation from God, pointing him towards giving thanks. Unable to express full-on gratitude, John simply started small. He thanked God for the ability to breathe, for the bed on which he wept, for air conditioning. These tiny steps of gratitude helped to put him on a path of healing. Gratitude does not insist on positivity. It simply insists that God is good. Gratitude, it turns out, is a gift in itself. It is something to be received rather than acquired. I think of it as less striving and more of a hungering gentleness. The more we try to force its hand, the more it slips from our fingers. Author Alexis de Tocqueville calls gratitude a habit of the heart with the willingness to lean in, to slow down and pay attention. Our hearts stay soft and open. Gratitude is both a feeling that spontaneously emerges and it is also a choice. It is a choice to see and a choice to respond. And like a muscle, it is so much easier to choose if we exercise it. So here's a small way to practice gratitude. When someone greets you and says, how are you? Rather than saying, ah, I'm fine, or I'm, I'm doing okay. What if you were to say, I'm grateful? Let's practice. So good to see you all. How are you? I don't think Jesus was angry or upset with the nine who didn't come back. I think his heart aches for them. Although they were made clean, they had not yet experienced the joy of gratitude. Although they had been made clean, they had not yet experienced being made whole. They had not yet become the people God had intended them to be. Gratitude restores and heals and completes and saves. It's available to us at every single moment of, of our lives. Friends, how are you? Get up and go on your way. Your faith has made you well.